Happy Mother's Day. Hey! Without a mother, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People, you know, people say, oh, I didn't have, well, you had one. Yeah. <clears throat> you all had one. If you didn't have a mother, uh, let us check your DNA. All right, well, this morning we are uh, going to look at one of the most famous mothers in the Bible, and that is Sarah. She is the wife of Abraham, and she is the mother of Isaac. And we'll be reading Genesis chapter 18, verses 9 through uh, 14. Uh, what happens here in this setting, there are three individuals, or there we know them as angels now, uh, who approach Abraham in his tent. And uh, this, is the, this is the setting in which after this, uh, he pros- the angels are going down to Sodom and Gomorrah, and Abraham intercedes for Sodom and Gomorrah. But these three angels come, and they are individuals that Abraham recognizes them as special, but he, I don't think he understands how special. And they approach his tent, and he invites them to stay. And what they say in their conversation is this. Where is your wife Sarah, they ask. There in the tent, Abraham said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent, which was behind him, Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of having children. Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid. She, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. <laughs> I didn't laugh. That's right. Tell God you didn't laugh, okay? <laughs> so, uh, but he said, you did laugh. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about that as we go on. Well, you know, as we think of Mother's Day, uh, I found these 10 principles of motherhood that every mother should know. All right? If being a mother was so easy, it would have never started with something called labor. (laughs) I like like some of these. They're pretty good. Shouting to make your children obey is like using a horn to steer your car. (laughs) You listening, boys? Raising teenagers is like nailing jello to a tree. You're allowed to laugh. Okay. Uh, here, here. A child can tell you that the sole purpose of a middle name is so he can tell when he's really in trouble. There are three ways to get something done. Do it yourself, hire someone else to do it, or forbid your child to do it. Adolescence is the age when children try to bring up their parents. <laughs> There are two things a child will share willingly, a communicable disease and his mother's age. (laughs) Money isn't everything, but it sure keeps the kids in touch. I like this one. An alarm clock is a device for awakening people who don't have small children. 
A child outgrows your lap, but never outgrows your heart. That's number 10. Thought I'd close with that one. That's a good one, right? Well, as we look at this idea of laughter, or uh, the title of the message, I didn't even tell you what the title was, uh, the woman, a mother who laughed, Sarah, the mother who laughed. And um, Sarah begins, as we begin with the laughter of disbelief. So as we see Sarah, and she's listening in on this whole process of what, uh, what is saying here, she, she disbelieves what these three gentlemen, these, but she doesn't recognize them or know that they're angels, but they're saying that she's going to have a child. Well, a couple of things, whenever we disbelieve, there's a couple of things we have to keep in mind. One, God always keeps his promise, all right? Two, nothing is too hard for God, and a promise is nothing to laugh at. Hmm. So, God always keeps a promise. God had promised Abraham. Now, if we know the study of Abraham, Abraham, um, he, he uh, is an Ur of the Chaldees, which is far away from present-day Israel and uh, the land of promise. And so in that faraway land, Abraham has a promise. He's not an old man. He's probably um, trying to think, I think he's around 50, somewhere in there. And, and so he receives the promise that he and his wife are going to have uh, a child and all the nations of the world are going to be blessed. So you go out of the country that you live and you go to a place and I'll tell you when you get there. And this is about 1,200 miles away. And, you know, the train wasn't running that day, so he had to take a camel. And uh, so they started out for this new land that God said that he would give to Abraham, and so he started out. And he started out with a promise. I'm going to give you land, and I'm going to give you a child. And we find in Genesis 12, God confirmed his covenant with Abraham that a son would come from his own body and would be his heir. So Along the line, along the process, God renews his covenant, renews his promise to him. The only problem was, all the while, he and his wife were getting older. Sarah was barren. She couldn't have a child. And the years went by, and Abraham and Sarah struggled with this promise that God had given to them. At one point, Sarah even tells Abraham to... Uh, take his, her handmaiden, which was a custom, uh, and have a child through her. Well, that didn't work. <laughs> they had a child, but uh, Ishmael, and uh, it was only a problem. So 14 years later, God appears to Abraham and confronts the covenant that he had given to him. Now remember, when God speaks a covenant, it's an agreement. And in this case, it was an agreement that God made that was unconditional meaning that God said it and he's going to perform it. But the problem was he was waiting too long. Well, in Genesis 17, God also said to Abram, now we read chapter 18 just as the introduction to this in the message. Now we're back one chapter, chapter 17. And God also said to Abraham, as for Sarah, Sarai thy wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name shall be called Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give her a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings and peoples will come from her. Abram fell face down. Now, 
He falls face down once because it's God speaking to him, so he falls face down. But what happens is he laughs. He laughs and said to himself, <laughs> Will the son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And Abraham said to God, If only Ishmael might be under your blessing. And God said, Yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son, and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant. I will establish the agreement that I've made with you and Sarah. I will establish it with an everlasting covenant from his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will surely bless him. I will make him fruitful and greatly increase his numbers. He will be the father of 12 rulers, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you by this time next year. When he had finished speaking Abraham to with Abraham, God went up from him. Well, did you catch that one point there? <laughs> he, fa he faith, the father of our faith. Okay? We would say, who, the father of faith is Abraham. And what happened? He heard what God was saying. He fell on his face and he laughed. Now, the challenge here always through this whole process is when God gives us a promise, sometimes it seems so impossible, it's like we chuckle to ourselves, that could never happen to me. And that's kind of what's going on here, that God had made a promise, and he's 100 years old, and his wife is 90. Anybody in here 100? Okay, so you're, you're eligible when you get to reach, well, ladies, when you get to be 90, no one here is 90, okay? So when you get to be 90, you can have your child. Are you looking forward to that? <laughs> so Abraham and Sarah, Abraham's 100, Sarah's 90. So will a son be born to a man who is 100 years old? It was a laughter of disbelief. Why? Because it sounds so impossible. Abraham even tried to switch uh, and change God's mind. He says, what, what about Ishmael? We already have a son. He's Ishmael. Why don't we just use him? God said, no. Uh, my covenant I will establish with Isaac, your son, that you're going to have with Sarah next year about this time. You see, God always keeps his promises. When God makes a promise, he intends to keep it. And he, we know that the Israelites would finally settle years later in this promised land. And Joshua said, not one of God's promises the Lord has given has failed. Not one promise has God failed to fulfill. Uh, a psalmist said, the Lord is faithful to all his promises, loving toward all he has made. It is impossible for God to lie, as in Hebrews. So as we start looking at the covenant and we start looking at the promises, you see, when we talk about laughter of disbelief, we must remember, first of all, that God always keeps his promise. Now, promises are, oh, I, I sometimes, you know, if you make a promise to someone, how, 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 how well do you fulfill it? Well, the, the idea is if you make a promise, you shouldn't make a promise you don't plan on fulfilling. <laughs> you know, you, you shouldn't say what you're not going to do. You know, I'm, I'm going to do that and not do it. No, you should make every effort to have it done. I remember uh, a class, a guy was talking about 
Um, you have an appointment in such and such a place at such and such a time. Uh, are you going to make it? Well, you know, say Monday morning at 11.30, you have to be in a certain place. Okay, uh, are you going to be there? Well, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll put it on my calendar and we'll try to be there. He says, no. Are you going to be there? Well, if I can, he says, no. That your life depends, see, how important it is depends on the value it is to us. And the guy says, your life depends on being there at 11.30 tomorrow morning uh, at this certain place. Well, I'm going to do everything I can to be there. Well, what is everything? Well, I'm, gonna, I'm going to go and stay there the night before. Because <laughs> when I get up, I'm going to be there. So you see, when promises are made, we always, you know, most of them were made, well, they'll, I'll put them on the schedule. And, you know, sometimes we're a little late. <laughs> Sometimes we're a little early, and sometimes we forget. Well, we find that when God makes a promise, he, 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 he backs it up with everything that he is. He is the God who created the universe, and when he promises to do something, he will do it. Now, our problem is we would like him to do it more quickly. <laughs> so... Secondly, we must remember that nothing is too hard for the Lord. So Sarah laughed, and, you know, the laugh of disbelief. The second is to remember nothing is too hard for God. He made the heavens and the earth. <laughs> he put everything in place. He spoke them into existence. He made all the animals. He created, you know, man out of the dust of the earth, breathed in him the breath of life. He became a living soul. God, there is nothing impossible with him. So if we believe and understand that nothing is impossible with God, can we believe that a promise that sounds so foolish, that sounds impossible? <laughs> you know, can we stop that for a moment and say, whoa, you know, maybe I shouldn't snicker at this. Genesis 18, the scripture that we read is, an is our text. Where is your wife Sarah while well, she's in the tent? I will surely return to you about this time next year. She will have a son. Sarah was listening. Verse 11. Abraham and Sarah were already old. Verse 12. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought. Now you see, Sarah laughed to her thought, herself as she thought. Now, in her mind, she didn't think anybody was listening. <laughs> but you know, God was listening. And whenever God makes a promise to us, he knows our thoughts and intents, and so we need to believe that he has made this promise to us, and we shouldn't snicker at it because it's too impossible. Abraham 100, Sarah is 90, and Abraham, that she would have a son by next year at this time, she found herself laughing. That is something very impossible. Um, but when God makes a promise, he knows all the circumstances. When promises are so impossible that you laugh, we have to realize that the Lord knew about the laughter. Sarah was afraid. She was afraid that God would be angry at her or these angels or these people would be angry at her, so she lied. <laughs> so whenever we think about this, Abraham was the kind of guy that, well, we would think that he was perfect. He's the father of our faith. Well, 
As we read the book of Hebrews, chapter 3, verse 12, see to it, brothers, this is the writer of the Hebrews, he's saying that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Now, Sarah and Abraham both laughed at the promise, but their, their doubts did not turn them away from God. So in the, in the challenge of our faith, there are things that happen that we kind of, it's like, it's impossible. This can't really happen. This can't really take place. But we cannot allow it to turn our hearts away from God. So Abraham and Sarah, they thought, they snickered, they laughed to themselves. But we find that verse 15. And as has just been said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. The children of Israel, they heard the voice of God and, whenever, and they just turned their back on God. We have this going on in their history. Who were they to hear and rebel? Were they not all those Moses were led out of Egypt? These were people who had experienced the great miracle of walking through the Red Sea. You know, these are the guys who had experienced the plagues in Egypt that would set them free. Going through the Red Sea, uh, manna coming down every night for them to eat. Forty years they wandered in the desert because of disbelief, but God took care of them. <laughs> there was an entire generation that died in the wilderness. When God's promises appeared to be so impossible, Sarah laughed and God rebuked her. He didn't turn her away, he rebuked her. Sarah lied. You know, there was a time when Abraham and Sarah went to Egypt. And when they went to Egypt, they went there. It was on their way through the promised land, and they went down to Egypt. And when they got there, Abraham tells Sarah, tell everybody you're my sister because you're so beautiful, the Pharaoh will probably kill me and take you as his bride. So tell everybody you're my sister. <laughs> That's trusting God. No, it isn't. Well, God did not, if you're looking for God to only work in perfect people, he doesn't. Because there are no perfect people. Even Abraham and Sarah won't per, weren't perfect. They, they, they failed. And they failed in many different ways, but that did not exclude them from God fulfilling his promise. See, in our life, you know, as we said in Hebrews, we don't allow disappointments to turn our heart away from God. We find that when God speaks to us in a way that he helps us, gives us strength for every day, and he gives us these promises in our heart, he is there to do a work in us that only he can do. And it takes God and I to make it work. God creates the universe. God gives us a promise the promise is so great, you can't do it on your own. That's why we would have a tendency to, uh, it's got me, happened to me. Well, let's look at the laughter of blessing. Uh, so we move from the laughter of disbelief to a laughter of blessing. God's blessing is undeserved. The, now the Lord was gracious to Sarah. This is Genesis 21.1. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. And I want us to look at the word gracious. The Bible says, by, by grace are you saved through faith, not of works. 
You can't do enough to make God notice you. We can't do enough to make God happy. We, are, we have his grace, and his grace is unmerited favor, that God, it's just his nature to love you. Unconditionally, it's God's nature, it's just who he is, to love you and not look at our failures, our mistakes, the you know, problems that we've encountered, things we've given up on. God still looks at us graciously. So God looked graciously to Sarah. So the Lord was gracious to Sarah. Sarah had laughed at God's promise. But God was gracious to her. And Abraham and Sarah actually lied. We, talk, we spoke about that, about going to Egypt. I want you to pretend to be my sister. <laughs> God did not fulfill his promise to Abraham and Sarah because they deserved it. But because he was gracious to them, we receive the gifts and promises of God because of his grace. He is gracious to us. I don't deserve it. You know, I remember... One, one lady, she says, well, God always answers your prayers. You're the preacher. <laughs> well, you mean he answers my prayers and not yours? Yeah, because my prayers are never answered. Yours are always answered. So therefore, God doesn't like me as much as he likes you. That deserves a chuckle. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. God is gracious to all of us, and his grace and his mercy is, and his favor is towards us. This is especially true of our salvation. For by grace are you saved through faith. It isn't of works. We can't do enough. So God does not accept us on the basis of performance. What do we do? We take tests to find out how good we are. Fortunately, I'm too old to take those tests now. But uh, the basis of performance, he accepts us because of his love for us. And so God's divine favor is upon our life, and it is there because he wants to, us to experience his love. God's blessing comes in his time. You know, whenever the angels came to uh, Abraham and Sarah, they said, about this time next year, you're going to have a son. We can, we can say the impossible will happen next year at this time. <laughs> Why? Because... God is saying that to Abraham and Sarah. God promises, promise made so many years before had now come time to be true. When Abraham was capable of having children, the promise was, it was, it was uh, conceivable <laughs> that he would be able to have a child. But when he reached 100, he couldn't have children, and Sarah was too old. She was 90. So when it was impossible... That's when God comes along and says, next year at this time, you're going to have a son. It's not easy to wait for the Lord. It's not easy to wait for a divine timing. Paul says in Galatians, when the time had fully come, God sent his son. You see, there is a divine timing. I wish I knew when it was. <laughs> I, you know, then I wouldn't be so... Oh, I don't know so if I'm anxious. Be not anxious about anything, but you know, is there things that you're anxious for? Oh, well, is it a promise? Well, the promise is that God will answer his prayer. God's blessing brings true joy and lasting peace. 
The, Sarah, the story of Sarah is verse 6 of Genesis 21. Do you have that one? Chapters, in, in Genesis chapter um, 21, verse 6. God has brought me laughter. Now, what's the difference between when she was laughing in the tent and now laughing here? Laughing in the tent was it's impossible. What is she doing here that she has had a child? And now what she laughed at in disbelief, she now laughs at as bringing her joy. God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. So our faith is when we would snicker <laughs> under our breath and say, oh, that'll never happen. God will bring that joy into our hearts and our life. It will happen. God's promises will be fulfilled. When Sarah tried to find another way to fulfill God's plan with Hagar and you know, Abraham you know, being with her handmaiden, well, that didn't work. Don't settle for less than what God has promised. The psalmist says, you, may, you have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. <laughs> the blessing of the Lord brings wealth and adds no trouble to it. And lastly, we have the laughter of faith. This was an interesting concept. A person of faith, a woman of faith, we look at Proverbs chapter 31. The woman of noble character who reveres and holds highest regard the Lord. Then verse 25. She is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs at the days to come. That's Proverbs 31, 25. She laughs at the days to come. Meaning that I don't have any fear about tomorrow because I know who holds tomorrow. I know the promise that God has placed in my heart. So I laugh at the future knowing that it's all okay. God is going to take care of me and my family. God is going to give provisions to my life and security to me. So when your faith is in God, you know that God is in control of all things. God is capable of creating the universe. He's capable of aligning our lives and bringing his promise to fulfillment that he gave to us at the very beginning. It is a bold and defiant trusting whenever we can laugh in the face of what is unknown. We're not laughing in fear. We are trusting and knowing that God will take care of us and that all this stuff that's going on in the world, God's in charge. God will fulfill his plans. God will take care of his people. And someday, Jesus is returning, and we're going to go home to heaven, just as he promised. And so we live our life with an expectancy that God will take care of you. That we are safe in the arms of our Father. And when God places promises in our life, they are promises that we can hold secure and that we would be tempted to laugh. That's so impossible. 
But is it really that impossible for a God who can create the universe? Romans chapter 4. Against all hope, verse 18. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was, was basically too old to have children since he was about a hundred, and Sarah was, her womb was also dead. Yet, verse 20, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. He was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Nothing wavering strengthened in his faith even though he didn't have an answer he had a promise being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised God has the power to do what he promised this is why it was credited to him as righteousness the words it was credited to him were written not for him alone but for us also To whom God will credit righteousness? For us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins. He was raised for our justification. Our faith in God is our righteousness, our right standing with God. Our faith is our right standing with God. Our faith Uh, is our right standing with God. And he puts all of this together in us. He gives us strength and he gives us promise that point we can laugh, sneer at the future. Why? Because God will take care of us. So do not think God's promises are so unrealistic that we, (laughs) we should laugh at them. Do not think that they are so unrealistic because God created the universe, he can answer his promise. You cannot earn God's blessing. We're not good enough. We're not perfect enough. God's blessing comes in his time and in his way. He promises that the blessing is an everlasting one. He he (laughs) promises us that he will never leave us nor forsake us. The future is in his hands. We laugh at tomorrow. It is unknown, but it is known to God. And he is the one with whom we are secure. Fully persuaded that God has the power to do what he has promised. That's Sarah. That's us. (laughs) God, we trust you that you can fulfill the promise that you have placed in our hearts. And it is so great that we would almost laugh. It's so impossible that we would think it could never happen. But God said it would, and it did. Father, we thank you that we bring ourselves to you, to this place, the altar of our hearts. And Lord, we look to you to fulfill the promise that you have brought into our lives. God, you've promised us so many things, and yet there are some things that we just 
think are so beyond the natural order of things that we are tempted like Sarah to laugh and like Abraham to laugh. But God, when a promise comes from you, it will keep us for a lifetime. So let that promise speak to our hearts and minds that you forgive us of our sins, you live within our hearts. God, the promise of eternal life is ours by our confession of faith. And that confession of faith is righteousness imputed to us as the right standing with God. We thank you. Lord, for each mother that is here, each one of the ladies, God, we thank you that they are here, that we can honor them and bless them for your love upon their life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.